Hi, I'm Josh Shearer and I serve as the lead pastor here at Gawley Uniting Church. I wanted to personally thank you for joining us today. We exist as a church to see lives transformed with the good news of Jesus. Now, I hope this service inspires you. I hope it blesses you. I hope it builds your faith and I hope it gives you perspective that God is moving in your life. If there is anything that we can do to help you, don't be afraid to reach out on social media or email our office. Thanks for joining us again and let's get to the service. required a beginner's guide to reconciliation and our scripture verses today the first one is from 2 Corinthians 5 18 to 20 and it says the old has gone the new is here all this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ not counting people's sins against them. And he, and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Be, re, yeah, be reconciled to God. And the second one is from Matthew 5, verse, chapter 5, verse 23 to 24. It says... Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother, is, brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to God, reconciled to them, and then come back and offer your gift. This is the word of the Lord. So who's been enjoying this series about reconciliation? I think it's a really pivotal part of our Christian faith. And so far we've talked about, you know, reconciliation being a learned skill. It's not something that actually comes naturally, um, you know, or intuitively. It requires us to have humility and exercise humility often. And it requires us to have a good look at ourselves and, and our own situation. Um, we've also discussed how reconciliation has to start with us, regardless of who made the first move, um, and we're going to talk a bit more about that later. And we've introduced two key decisions. I don't know if you remember them, but the first one was, I will get back to, not back at. And so it's not about saying, oh, well, you did this to me, so I'm going to do that to you, or well, you bought that, so I'm going to go and buy this because I need to be one up on you. It's about coming back to the person with, a, with that humility that we talked about before. Um, and the second one was, I will own my part of the blame pie. And we heard then the scripture from Matthew chapter 7 about um, how we so easily see the speck of dust in our brother's eye, but we can't pay any attention to the log in our own eye. And some friends of mine had a phrase, they said they used to call each other log eye if they were being critical. It's like, okay, log eye, you've got to look at your own self and you know look at your part in that and I also love like one of my favorite bible verses in is in John chapter 8 verse 7 
where it says, let he who is without sin cast the first stone. Today we're going to talk about the posture of reconciliation. Now in the the dictionary definition of posture in this context is an approach or an attitude. So who, who knows what sort of attitude you might have to have to have, a, like, to have a posture of reconciliation or to reconcile with someone? Anyone, any ideas, attitudes? Humble, yep. Humility, yep. Humility, um, grace, maybe. I'll tell you the posture you can't have if you're going to reconcile with someone. And that's a posture I would call the grumble zone. I'm sure none of you have ever been there, but I myself can sometimes get in the grumble zone. And I can give you an example of this from a recent experience. So it was a Sunday morning before church, and apparently my car needed servicing, and it was low on oil. And my husband, who's amazing, said, well, I'll service your car before church. And I'm like, you're not going to have time to do that. That's not going to work. I I need to do this, and I'm going to be doing this, and I'm going to be late. And he's like, no, no, I'll be able to do it. I'm like, no, you won't be able to do it. Just put oil in. He's like, no, we can't just put oil in, because then you'll put fresh oil in, and then we'll have to drop that out when we service the car, and that's a waste. And I'm like, but... So we're having this little heated discussion, and he's like, well, I can do it. I'm like, fine, then prove it. (laughs) And we go off. He goes off to do the car, and I go off to do the horses and go for a walk, and... And I'm in the grumble zone. And the grumble zone is where you repeatedly go over in your head those things that that person has done to you. Well, why didn't he listen to me? Why doesn't he take my word? Why doesn't he realise this is really important to me? Grumble, 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 grumble. Anyway, I'm, I'm Sunday morning, I'm praying. I think I better pray before church. And I start praying and God puts in my heart he, like, I just feel like God's saying to me, so Catherine, you're looking at this situation through your lens of inexperience. To you, this looks like a big job. But Tim is looking at this situation through his lens of vast experience. And to him, it's not a big job. So you need to go back and apologize for being in the grumble zone. So I went back and, you know, we, we're all good. We had a good day. It was fine. But how easy is it to, you know, when somebody does something that you don't agree with, to just be like, oh, they're wrong. That's their fault. And, and then they do the same. And then before you know it, you're drifting apart. And that's just a little example. I know there are people that you, you might have relationships that have been broken down for years or, you know, family members that you haven't seen for years but the principles are the same aren't they that humility that accepting will and and also getting like so for me my attitude changed when I came to God like when I took it to God when I went to prayer (coughs) then God (coughs) excuse me could speak to me the one of our kids has a, a saying if anyone's grumbly in the house they say go out and put your happy pants on. That's all. She's like, Dad, you need to go and put your happy pants on. And, you know, it's a funny little saying, but <clears throat> it's true, isn't it? It, it? it often involves changing something, 
so that we can then be reconciled to that person. Remember in this, the outcome that we would like is reconciliation. But the goal for us isn't reconciliation as such because that involves two people making a decision. The goal for us is no regrets. The goal for us is that we do everything that we can do to be reconciled with others, to be reconciled with people. In Romans 12, 18, it says, If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone, as far as it depends on you. So there are times when you can do everything that you know how to be reconciled with someone and they may still not decide to be reconciled with you but you've done everything that you can. There there are times, there might be times where it's not actually physically or emotionally safe to even start that reconciliation process and then you obviously I wouldn't recommend that but we do everything that we can, okay? As far as it depends on you. So just as it said in Corinthians, God has reconciled us to him through Christ, not counting our sins against us. He's done that for us, and then he's calling us to do that for the world. So today we're going to introduce two more key decisions in the reconciliation process. The first one is I will make the first move regardless of who moved away first. I will make the first move regardless of who moved away first. And the second is I will keep the door open and the welcome mat out. Now, does any, I don't know if you remember the two that we've talked about that I talked about before. So it was, I will get back to and not get back at. And what was the second one? I will own my part of the blame. So now let's talk about the third decision in this series, which is, I will make the first move regardless of who moved away first. So has anyone ever, you know, like you might have said it to your kids, or I, I'm one of six kids, so I feel like I heard this phrase a lot. I didn't ask who started it, I'm just asking you to finish it. Now go and make up with your brother, or go and make up with your sister. Anyone familiar with that phrase? I, I certainly have said it to our kids. And the other thing I say is when the older kids pick on the younger kids, and they go, because kids are so passionate have you seen it? When, when they're getting in trouble for fighting, they're so passionate about telling their side of the story. It's like, yeah, but they did this and this and this. And it's like, I don't want to know. I want you to make up. And what I say to the old, when an older kid's got in, fight, in a fight with the younger ones, I say, yes, but you're the older sibling, so you lead by example. And sometimes I feel like maybe God's saying that to us. Yes, but you're the mature Christian. You lead by example. And I think sometimes, you know, like we, you know, we're recounting what happened to us to a friend or family member and, you know, when we recount it, we're like, we are definitely the same, right? We did no wrong, but that other person, oh, you wouldn't believe what they did to me. They did so bad, so bad, but I didn't do anything wrong. 
But as, as mature Christians, we begin to be able to take that posture of reconciliation. And we take that posture of humility, posture of forgiveness, posture of grace and of love that God showed us, not counting our sins against us. It's clear in the Bible how important this message is to God, how important this is for us to get a hold of. Um, In the reading today in Matthew, it says, if, you know, it says about if your brother, like if you're giving your gift at the altar and you remember that you've got, you know, your brother holds something against you, he says, leave your gift there. I love how he says, leave your gift there. Go and sort it out, then come back. And I wonder if God said, leave your gift there, because he knows maybe we'd get cold feet if we, you know, went away with our gift and then it's like, oh, it's too hard, too hard to make up, too hard to sort that out. I'll just use this money to go buy a new couch. (laughs) I'll just use this money to, you know, buy a cow, (laughs) maybe in those days. But he says, leave your gift there. Leave your gift at the altar, then come back. Because he, it's so important to God that we be reconciled with each other. We, God, like God has reconciled to us, to him, through Christ. But he, obviously, wants us to be reconciled with each other. <clears throat> and then the final reconciliation decision, does anyone remember it? I will leave the door open and the welcome mat out. How important is this one? I will leave the door open and the welcome mat out. In some cases, you know, that might be a daily decision. If, you know, if you've got someone that is constantly upsetting you or constantly you feel is doing the wrong thing by you. But it's something that we do have to do. Again, not withholding those, those circumstances where it's not safe to do so, obviously. But where you can, we need to do this. Has anyone ever had a family member? You don't have to put your hands up. But a family member who you're always forgiving them. They're turning up late, borrowing money, you know, not paying their bills on time. Well, I was that family member when I was younger and a, you know, poor struggling uni student, I was a bit that family member. You know, I'd go borrow money off my sisters and just scramble around to get, you know, places. And I am so grateful because I actually remember my sister saying to me once, what would you have done if I wasn't here or I didn't have that money? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. Fortunately, you'll be happy to know I have matured. I I do pay my bills on time. But I was so grateful that my sisters continued, all my siblings continued to love me regardless. They didn't get to some time and say, oh, that's enough, I've had enough. They just continued to love me. They continued to forgive me. They continued to show grace and mercy to me. And because of that, I, as an older person, now I'm able to extend that grace to others. 
because I've seen it extended to me. And so we need to be um, demonstrating and extending that grace to others so that they can learn to extend that to the next generation. In Matthew 18, Peter asks, how many times should I forgive my brother or sister? And he's probably, you know, his, he said up to seven times, and he's probably thinking, I'm pretty holy. Seven times is a lot to forgive someone. And do you know what Jesus' answer was? 77 times. He said, not seven times, but 77 times. And I don't think Jesus was saying, count out 77 times, and on the 78th, son, I think, I believe what Jesus is saying is just continue to forgive. It doesn't matter how many times. God has forgiven us, so just continue to forgive. I had a friend, I have a friend, we're still friends actually, and we were friends in school. And then in our 20s, we took separate paths and this friend did some things that I didn't agree with. I probably did some things that she didn't agree with. And we both said some things that were hurtful to each other. And then we didn't see each other for a while. And then one day, I got a call from this friend. And she said, can I come over? And I'm like, yeah, sure, come over. And she said, I'm really sorry for saying things to you that were hurtful. And we talked for a good few hours. And in the end of that night, this friend ended up making a decision to follow Jesus and gave her heart to God. And that's why we keep the door open and the welcome mat out. Because you never know when somebody's going to be ready to give their heart to God and to, come, and to be reconciled with God. So just to recap, the four decisions I will get back to and not back at. I will own my slice of the blame pie. I will make the first move regardless of who moved away first and I will keep the door open and the welcome mat out. Sometimes there's going to be situations when all you want to do is give up, walk away, say that's enough. But we need to remember what God's done for us and nothing we can do for somebody else really compares to dying on a cross to save us, which is what Jesus has done. So I just really want to encourage you in those times when you want to say too much, that's enough, just go one more time, one more time. So hopefully you've found this whole series really helpful. Um, I know I've found it very interesting and helpful. Um, but maybe you're here today or maybe you're watching online and maybe you aren't reconciled with God. Maybe you don't know God or maybe you did know God once but you have slipped away for whatever reason. Maybe somebody hurt you or offended you in church and you've slipped away. So today I want to extend an invitation for you to be reconciled with God like it says in Corinthians because I can guarantee that God definitely has the door open and the welcome mat out. So if that's you today, if you're here in the room after the service, there'll be some leadership down here. 
who would love to pray with you and talk to you. Or if you're watching online, reach out on social media or through email or give give the church a call because we'd love to hear from you. So let's pray today. God, we just come before you acknowledging that we are all broken and that we all fall short of the glory of God. And God, right now, we just pray that as we go about our weeks and about our lives, that we can look for opportunities to be reconciled with people rather than look for opportunities to get back at people. And God, right now, we just ask for your spirit to be upon us, that we can hear your words and that they will sink into our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen.